Good morning. Welcome to the show. And um, hope you guys had a great, great week. Um, we're back. Everybody's back to work. And uh, but that doesn't stop college football because we have one more game, y'all. One more game uh, to decide who is the best team in the country and what uh, what a journey has been in getting to the end. And, I, you know, I say that because COVID was still here. Omicron came in like a storm uh, in the end of the year, but we made it through. I know that there were some bowl games that didn't make it, uh, some teams that weren't able to go. Uh, and Some teams, you know, I think there's some teams that just decided they didn't want to go. <laughs> I was like, does anybody have COVID? Anybody? Yeah, raise your hand. <laughs> I, I don't know that for sure. I'm just saying it's possible. Uh, but anyway, y'all, uh, y- after last year's show, you know, we had Joey Galloway on to to take us through uh, what's possible, what he thinks, what happened. And many of y'all were like, is Joey coming back? <laughs> so I uh, got a chance to to talk with him a little bit, and he agreed to come back. So uh, I think Joey's on. Joey, you on the line? <laughs> I, I am here. Hey, man, thank you for uh, taking time, man. You've been busy, busy, busy. You have been everywhere. I don't know what ESPN would do without you, but but uh, uh, <laughs> congratulations on all your success, man. Your your um, voice is so credible and so needed in this space. And uh, I don't know about everybody, but most of the people I know look forward to what you have to say. So so thanks for all you do and congratulations, man. I appreciate that. It it has been fun. This is my uh, second career, and uh, I, and I would say that uh, I've been very blessed. To, to have this as a second career. I call it the best job in the world talking college football. So I enjoy it. Well, you certainly uh, know what you're talking about because we're, we remember you doing it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, you, you, you did it quite well. And and uh, from lived experience, your voice uh, re- really rings loud, especially when you're talking about the players and what they're thinking and and. And I want to. I do want to talk about that a little bit later. But but we obviously we've got a national championship game coming up tomorrow, uh, a rematch of the SEC championship game between Georgia and Alabama. Uh, first, are these the best two teams in the country right now? Yes, I don't think that's uh, up for debate at this point. I think that uh, the committee did a really nice job of getting the top four teams into the playoff, and I think Georgia and what they did against Michigan uh, definitely proved that they were the team that we thought they were all season long uh, until the SEC championship game was the only game I've seen Georgia this season where they didn't look dominant. And so they rebounded from that game, uh, beating a very good Michigan team, best team in the Big Ten. And then, of course, Alabama knocking off Cincinnati. I don't know that there's any other debate of who else could possibly be in this in this conversation. Do you think, though, because, you know, you hear what I hear. There's a lot of debate about the 
playoffs actually getting the top four. I mean, the blowouts that we saw in both playoff games. I mean, did we just see that, uh, like you say, any given Sunday and in this case, any given Saturday uh, for college, right? But, uh, yep. But, I mean, are we just seeing that some teams play better uh, one day and, and not so good some other days? Uh, which is the case for, you know, you're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old men here uh, playing a game of football. And so, yeah, you're going to have that. I don't know that had we extend, you know, expanded the playoff this year, I mean, if you start to think about the other teams that would have been in that playoff, we would have had some terrific football games, some great matchups, and it had been a lot of fun. But at the end of the day, we still would have come down to Georgia playing Alabama unless there was just a monumental upset. I think clearly these two teams are the best two. Yeah, and I I, I agree with that. I, I don't I think it's hard to argue that Georgia and Alabama are not the, the two best teams out there. And and I think this matchup is is gonna be epic. Um now we've as we mentioned earlier, we we've got the SEC is represented in both teams in the national championship. Uh the conference is already dominant, uh and it's about to be bigger. Uh I don't know more dominant, but it's certainly about to be bigger adding Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, other conferences are struggling a little bit to keep up. I mean, Pac-12, they went 0-5 and five in the bowl season. Uh, what do the other conferences need to do to stay competitive with the SEC? I don't know that uh, there is like uh, – I don't know that conferences think in groups of like how can we stay competitive as, po- as opposed to each school is trying to find a way to uh, win their conference, win – uh, their bowl games, win the national championships, whatever that may be. Uh, it just so happens that right now the, the SEC is absolutely dominant. Uh, and, and, and that's from top to bottom. And I don't know uh, how that works. I do know this. In the SEC, uh, if you talk to coaches, the SEC is willing to pay their assistant coaches uh, higher prices than other conferences, which then makes it easier to get uh, high-level quality coaching staffs built in the SEC as opposed to if, let's say, a Pac-12 school isn't willing to pay the same amount of money uh, for assistant coaches, then obviously uh, they're not going to get the same level of assistant coaches in that conference. Right. And, and, and that's just, you know, facts of, of the situation. That's just the way it goes. But when you look at the SEC and the way it's built, uh, Alabama is absolutely dominant. Uh, Georgia another team that has been successful. LSU has had some success, um, but Alabama's leading the way. And I don't know that, it, heck, even the, even the SEC is trying to figure out how to uh, be as good as Alabama. <laughs> you know, we have these conversations of, we have these conversations of what's it going to take for Georgia to finally uh, get over the hump and, and beat Alabama. Well, you can plug in uh, 130 other schools into that same sentence of how are they going to figure out how to beat Alabama? It seems to be Alabama's party uh, and everyone else is showing up trying to take their shot at which year can they uh, knock off Alabama. And that's just, Nick Saban's just done a terrific job uh, at Alabama. And that's just the way it is right now. Everybody's trying to figure out how to be like Alabama. Well, I tell you, Joey, I've I've been over there with Nick a, a couple, three times. And you know what? If I were a player a high school player and I walked through that hall um, and they wanted me, I don't think there's any place else I would go. <laughs> I mean, what what they have done there is just absolutely phenomenal. And it's, and 
And, it, you know, I, I here's the thing I wonder, though, uh, and I love what you added about the coaches because I, I don't think everybody thinks about the money that's involved and, you know, these coaches, it's, these are jobs, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you're going to weigh your contract and what's possible and, and, and especially if there's any elevation. Most coaches want to elevate. Well, how many mm-hmm. Nick Saban coaches are out there <laughs> as head football exactly. coaches right now? Do you think that the name, image, and likeness piece starts to do something like that for players? This will be interesting, and I, I can't really tell where it's going to go, uh, but I don't like it. I can tell you that. I do believe that there is a way uh, that players uh, can get paid uh, that wouldn't turn this into uh, a, a free agent Wild Wild West situation. Uh, this is going to be crazy. Like some guys, uh, and I won't say names, but like some guys at some schools will have NIL deals that are connected to to the schools playing sure. time. Yeah. Well, oh, to playing and, time. And you, to playing time. Wow. And so, if you're at a school and to get your money, you have to get on the field, which makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it, if if I'm a company and I'm going to pay uh, this player X amount of dollars, then I'm going to find a way to put it in there. Like, the player has to be playing. You know what I mean? Like, or I don't want to be paying a guy that's not on the field. And so, if I'm tying my deal to this guy play like playing the game, and this player is not actually playing, then this player is going to leave. And go find a place where he can play. You know what I mean? Like those That's are the right. things that'll happen with this. Where it's like, I got to get on the field, or I'm not going to make that money off the field. And so if I'm at a place where there's a guy that is starting in front of me, and even if that guy's a senior and he may be leaving, and it might be I can compete for the job next year or the year after, I don't have time to sit here and wait. I want to get paid right now, so I'm going to jump in this portal. And you're seeing, like, I'm, man, this is crazy. This is the I perfect can't storm, Joey. This is a perfect movement. storm, man. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> this portal yeah, you can, with you NIL. Can go get a guy. Yeah. The portal with NIL just seems to be the perfect storm. I mean, and I think yeah. you're articulating the, the some of the worst possible scenarios, but that could be an ordinary thing. That could be everyday thing. Yeah, we're seeing all these quarterbacks. Caleb Williams just jumped in from Oklahoma. So Oklahoma's now lost uh, – Spencer Rattler, who was their starter coming into the season. He was uh, that number one as far as the Heisman hopefuls. Uh, he's gone. Caleb Williams, the young man that took over for him, he's a freshman. Now he's gone. But when you look around the country and see all these guys, it is going to now take some real live homework to figure out by the time we get the next season where these guys are at. Like what You're, you're going to see a quarterback's name in a place and try to think, Man, where was he at last year? <laughs> there's that many guys who are who are in the portal transferring right now. Wow, wow. Well, we we got to pay attention to that because and and listen, the the whole state the state thing is a whole nother. You know, you can add that to the equation, and it's like you know people talking about what's fair. You know, look in Florida, they're trying to to make another change to their nil uh, laws this year so that it can be more competitive with other states. Um, so I, I, I just think it's a lot of uncertainty out there. I can, I can almost deal with anything if, if I know the expectations, right? And I can see yeah. what the result may possibly be. 
But I don't, I don't. I'm with you. I don't like the the worst possible scenario that could come out of this. I I just don't like it. But I didn't. I can't have you on and not talk about this game, though. Right? This rematch um, between these two iconic teams. Uh, and a couple questions with this. One, how hard is it to beat the same team twice? And then the the second question is. What does Georgia need to do to beat Alabama? Because you, you, five minutes ago, you were talking about you were breaking Alabama down. That sounds like they could beat like 75% of the professional teams out there. But what does Georgia need to do to beat them? Georgia needs to get off to a good start, first off. And, and I've been in situations where um, we play a team that uh, we are as talented as, and we just couldn't find a way to like, beat them and it would be a different reason every single time it wasn't like the same thing beat us every time it was different things would beat it well there's mistakes whether it was turnovers uh in the sec championship game through a couple uh interceptions that that hurt georgia uh you get mentally beat at times when you go through stretches where you can't beat a certain team and the only way to get out of it is get off to a good start because at every time during the game, the ones you lose, there are moments, there are plays, there are things that happen that make you feel like, okay, here we go again. Here it is. Here's the collapse. Those kind of things. In the SEC championship game, it, Alabama got off to a great start. And Georgia never recovered. Mm. I think the key in this one is Georgia has to get off to a good start doing what Georgia does. They were great on defense the entire season. They were great in their front seven the entire season. In the SEC championship game, it wasn't the same. They didn't have the same pass rush. They, they didn't have the same uh, aggressiveness up front. They got to get back to that. Because their team, their offense isn't built to score 50, 60 points in a game. Their offense is built to run the ball, be physical, control the clock, and then play great defense. That's how they're built. And so they have to get off to a good start doing what they do. Running the football is the key for Georgia and playing really good defense. That's what they do. If they can get off to a good start early, get some momentum, start to feel good about what they're doing, about their game plan, then they got a shot at beating Alabama. Got it, got it. So beating uh, Georgia twice for Alabama, is it going to be easier for Alabama than most teams? I've always, you know, people always say it's hard to beat a team twice. I, and I don't know why. I don't know why it is. I mean, if you're better than that team, you're better than that team. You know what I mean? Right, I, right. I don't know why that is. And, and quite honestly, like, if, if you beat a team, like, I would much rather be the team that won the first round than lost the, the first round. You know what I mean? So we would come in and say, we just beat them so we know we can beat them. They don't know they can beat us because they haven't done it. Yep. And they haven't done it in a while. So yep. they don't know they can beat us. So I would much rather be the team that won in this situation, which is Alabama, than the team that didn't win. But you go back, and I, I thought that Georgia would be a more dangerous football team after they lost because they went all season long, by far the best team in the country. And at times, that makes you become complacent makes you believe in some things that may not be true. But when you lose, it makes you refocus, go back to drawing board, look at yourself, figure out what was wrong, and then come back. That that worked for Georgia in the semi against Michigan. They looked 
really good in that game. So we'll see if it carries over to the championship game. Has has Harbaugh has he has he turned the corner with this Michigan team now? I mean, are they back, or was this just uh, luck of the just luck of the draw this time for them? Uh, they were different this year, and and very impressive. Uh, to me, it was the offensive side. I know we've made a lot of talk about Aiden Hutchinson and, and the job on the other side. The defense is really good. But I think Josh Gaddis and what he did with that offense uh, this year uh, in adding uh, some wrinkles to it. It wasn't just your typical two tight ends, fullback, tailback, uh, one receiver, physical, run it down your throat type of offense. They did some some play-action passes. They did some reverses, some you know, some flea flickers, some different things that keep teams off balance. And I think that made the big difference for them. Now, to be interesting, when you lose, they're going to lose a job, they're going to leave, lose Hutchinson. I don't know if they're losing the offensive line, but that's the, how you tell uh, what the next echelon of teams are. The Georgias, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemsons. Can they reload and continue the same success and that's when you get to that next level. We'll see if Coach Harbaugh can do that at Michigan. We haven't seen it yet because he hasn't had a season quite like this. Mm-hmm. And it's been on the hot seat for years now. Turns around, makes a run to the semis. So we're going to find out in this next season if this is just a one-year run where you got to the point where you had some veterans on your team or if this is something that he can sustain and that starts with recruiting. Right, right. What more does um, Saban need to do to get the title that we hear all the time, the best coach of all time. Is, has he done enough? Uh, I, there, I don't even, I don't even, that's not even a conversation anymore. We just need to talk about who can be second. Because <laughs> there's no, I mean. I, there's nobody dude, close, it's, right? It's yeah. funny. Yeah, because when I first got into doing college football, um, you know, those first couple years, you know, we would have this conversation. Hey, is he the best ever? And then it started to get like funny because then like a couple more years go by and we're having the same conversation every year. Hey, is he the best ever? Finally, we've tapped out on that conversation. Finally, it's like, yeah, man. All right. He's the best. <laughs> all right. That's it. No more. Like, there's not a debate at this point. Like, I don't even know who would be second at this stage. Wow. You, um, I, I, you guys talked about this a couple times. I, I just, I, all our listeners may not have, have heard you guys talk about it, but you know, throughout this bowl season, we we saw some star players opting out, sitting out. What do you think about those decisions? Is that you know, is it are the people who say they're selfish? Are they right, or are the people who say it's a smart business decision? I wouldn't put myself in jeopardy. Where where do you fall with that? I think those two things are true. Uh, it's selfish and it's a smart business decision. Okay. Yeah, those two things are true. Anytime, you, like when you go to work every day, uh, you're going to work to uh, support your family. Uh, you got to make decisions that are going to be best for you, best for your family, and those are selfish decisions. Like you, you're not you're not going in there uh, thinking I got to make sure that somebody else uh, gets a chance to eat. You have to make selfish decisions when you go to school. Uh, and, and I and I got kids and I always tell my kids, like, your friends aren't going to help you do your homework. So you have to selfishly say, I'm going to go study. I'm going to go do my homework. I'm going to practice. I'm going to do whatever those things are. Those are all selfish moves uh, that make sense. When I was in school, um, I had a chance to come out early and I thought I was going to 
my parents told me, no, you're not. You're going back to get your degree. So I stayed in school and I got my degree. Now, that was the decision that was right for me. That was also a selfish decision. I selfishly uh, decided that I would like to get my degree before I left Ohio State. So I selfishly went and made that decision. I don't know, or I don't put that feeling on everyone else. I don't think that that's the right decision for everyone else. It was just the right decision for me. And so when these young men decide that they're not going to play, then that's the right decision for them and one that they deserve to make. And yes, it's a selfish decision. So after that's done, they go on and and do what they do. You know what I mean? Like, but all of it selfish, but it's, it's the decision that you have to make for yourself. And I don't, I don't fault any of these guys for doing it. I would well, do play. you think it's good or bad for college football or, you know, the bowl system outside of the, of the new year six. It's definitely bad for college football and bad for, um, <laughs> for, for the bowl yeah. game. But yeah. again, that's not their responsibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that is not uh, these young men's responsibility to make decisions that are best for, the bowl games, just like the bowl games don't make decisions for these young uh, men individually, uh, what, what they would like to do. You know what I mean? It's like, this. it, it is what it is. This is the world of sports. You only have a short run at it. Uh, you only have so many years to get it in and be the best you can. And a lot of people, much like me, a lot of these kids have been dreaming about this move their entire life. And now they're on the verge of having a chance to live out a lifetime dream. I don't fault those guys for making those kind of decisions. Yeah. And we just had a quarterback just got hurt. Uh, that is going to exacerbate <laughs> what, what you're saying here. Now it is a huge decision, right? If you're not yeah. playing for the championship, the playoff, it is a huge career decision that you just need that one more game. Um, and I would say that most of the stars will have folks telling them, you know, you should wait. Um, last sure. question, y'all, with Joey Galloway. And, Joey, we, we appreciate you so much, man, and your time. Um, you played some huge games in your NFL career and, and bowl games when you were at Ohio State. What are these players at Georgia and Alabama, um, what are they going through in preparation for this game? And, and how, how long do you have to be on the field for your nerves to <laughs> to settle down? <laughs> Well, it's it's different now because now these guys got to worry about COVID. So uh, yeah. I've never dealt with and never seen anything like this. And this is like, and I know where I am after two years of this. And I know where I was after last season uh, as part of this. Like, these guys have to be mentally tired. Like, mentally yeah, worn yeah. down. Because I'm getting mentally worn down and I don't have to play. I just have to talk about it. <laughs> right, but I right. have to travel. You know what I mean? I have to do all these same things uh, to get to my places where I can uh, do my job uh, in dealing with COVID. And every single day, you see it every single day, there's more players that can't play or coaches that can't coach in sports because of COVID. So you literally wake up every morning not knowing if you're going to get a chance to play or not knowing if your starting quarterback is going to get a chance to play or your head coach. These times in the last few years are absolutely crazy uh, as far as that aspect added on to what it takes to prepare to get ready to play these games. I, 
I can't even imagine uh, what that's like as far as what they those, these guys are dealing with now compared to just, you know, having to focus on football and getting ready to play. It's already difficult to do that. You add in this other aspect of unknown, and that it, it, they have to be mentally tired. Yeah, and you said it, man. Every step of the way, you got to think about it, right? And yeah. you got to make decisions based on, you know, the risk that you're taking. Uh, I, you're right. I hadn't thought about it to that point that, that beyond – them thinking about the game. They got to think about what do I need to do to make sure I can even show up. So, man, yeah. listen, the game's tomorrow. <laughs> I'm looking for a Joey Galloway uh, uh, prediction here. You got one? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Georgia. I'm going to go with uh, Kirby Smart finally gets it done at Georgia, and they find a way to knock off Alabama. Okay, okay. So I'm going to go with Alabama just because I want to bet you something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, listen, I'm going to bet you an Orange Bowl shirt, right? And and if I you right. win, you got to send me an ESPN shirt, right, or something, right? Gotcha, yep. All right, so yes, y'all hear it, listeners. Joey Galloway and Sean Pittman, we got a little bet on this. Uh, everybody will be watching the game, though, Joey, and um, we'll, be, we'll be watching you do your thing, man. But thanks for sharing this time with us, man. Appreciate it, man. It was fun. All right, safe travels. Uh, listeners, stay with Thank us uh, for another moment uh, for the Pittman Point. Be right. It's time for Pittman's Point on 96.1 Jams. Welcome back to the show. And <laughs> a big, big thank you uh, to ESPN college football analyst, uh, our friend here at the Sean Pittman Show, uh, Mr. Joey Galloway, for joining us this morning uh, to break down the big game between Georgia and Alabama, y'all. Uh, they're both playing for the College Football National Championship tomorrow. Uh, where's the party? Who's 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 got the chicken wings? Uh, I, Jamie Jamie Van Pelt, maybe maybe Jamie, maybe Speed Speed Racer. Y'all got the chicken wings for tomorrow. <laughs> All right, so uh, everybody's going to be watching the game. We certainly appreciate Joey's time. Y'all tune in to the game or to any time on ESPN to see if he's right. He picked Georgia. I picked Alabama. And uh, I'm going to win me an ESPN shirt, y'all. So so hang in there. Uh, but now it's time for the Pittman Point. And it's that time of year again, y'all. Uh, Tallahassee is about to be flooded, not just with our students, but with our state lawmakers who will convene the annual legislative session in Tallahassee this week. Usually during election years like this one, uh, there's a tendency for everyone to just want to keep their head down, uh, get through session so the campaign uh, season can officially begin. But this year, we hope that uh, our legislators will take a hard look at some of the issues that are exacerbating our, our, our system, uh, some of the issues that need to be addressed across this state. We're seeing major needs in healthcare, um, COVID-19 recovery, Omicron is off the chain right now, and there is sufficient budget to, to do pretty much everything that needs to be done, uh, and then some. So we hope that they will really tackle some of the issues that will make Floridians' lives uh, just a little bit better. So the Pittman point today is good luck to everyone involved in the Florida legislative session. Uh, good luck to our local delegation, Senator Loran Osley, Representative Ramon Alexander, Representative Allison Tant, and Representative Jason Schof. Uh, good luck to our, our higher education institutions here at Florida State, FAMU, and TCC, who all, by the way, have great needs uh, before the legislature. And good luck to the people of Florida. Uh, there's a lot to get done, and we have faith that it will. This is the Sean Pittman Show, and we'll see you in seven.